This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world, join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Victoria Lee. Victoria is the CEO and co-founder of 100 Pound Social, which is a fully productized, low-cost social media content agency run like a SaaS company. 100 Pound Social was founded in 2017 and was fully bootstrapped. Now it has over 200 customers, 72% average year-on-year revenue growth, and 52% average year-on-year customer growth. 100 Pound Social is a full remote distributed company with over 20 team members. Thanks so much for joining me today, Victoria. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So I actually want to start by focusing on this productizing. So can, excuse me, can you talk some about what that process is and how it helps companies, you know, increase revenue? Yeah, of course. Um, so productizing not only helps increase revenue, it actually helps provide a better service for customers. And that's the ultimate driving factor behind it. So when you productize a service, instead of offering um, a generic a gen- a kind of general agency might offer to put together proposals for clients and tailor exactly what they're doing for each client, by productizing our service, we're saying we offer these very set services and we package up our services. Um, so we essentially have three service packages we offer. We don't deviate from those packages, so we can't offer anything different for clients. Um, And by offering those products, we've got a really fine-tuned process to provide those services to all of our clients. And that means that every client gets the product, the the service or the product delivered at a much higher quality because it's going through a tried and tested method. They get a much lower price because those processes mean um, that we're able to, uh, by productizing following processes, we can offer the service at a lower price and they generally get a higher quality of service from us. And that in the end, allows us to take on also more clients um, and build our revenue quicker. So it's a kind of win-win from the client side and from our side as a business. That's so interesting. Are there other benefits to productizing a service? Definitely. I think um, internally for how you manage your company and your team, there's massive benefits. Um, I can't really imagine 
how difficult it would be to train someone if you offered you know completely tailored services to every client whereas we've got we've almost productized our training uh, process in a sense as well because every role has very set processes that they follow within the company and we've built up kind of wikipedia of processes so when we take someone on board it's as simple as setting them to follow those processes um to start training um so i think that is a massive benefit as well uh, on the internal team side and the training side Wow, yeah, I can totally see that. I, excuse me, absolutely. Okay, so it I find it so interesting because it seems like um, some people might feel that it's limiting because there isn't that opportunity to to modify. But what I hear you saying is that being able to focus and have consistency and repetition actually provides opportunity to be able to do more business with more clients. Yeah, absolutely. And from a client point of view, we work with very small businesses that are often just starting out on their journey into marketing and how to market themselves. So our productized service works really, really well for them, especially because we work with small companies who are concerned about the price point and it's in our name. Our service costs 100 pounds per month called 100 pound social. And productizing isn't gonna be something that works for every business. If you're targeting yeah. larger companies, they're gonna obviously need a much more um, bespoke service. Um, but for, for us, and for our customer base, it works incredibly well. Yeah, so that's a really good point that you have to know your audience, right? That, that there's a particular vertical that this works for. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. I think this would have failed completely if you were trying to target, you know, B BT or, you know, big uh -huh. companies with a productized service. It would never work. Um, right. But it, it does work because of our, our target audience. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. So but speaking of marketing, uh, you know, social media, it's all the rage, but a lot of entrepreneurs really don't necessarily understand it. But what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who say they want to get more out of their social media posts? Oh, that's a very good question. So I think, I think, looking at the content that they're they're posting about in their posts so making sure that it's they understand exactly who their audience is i think one issue that a lot of entrepreneurs have is they start out without quite understanding who their audience is so they're creating social media posts that are created at a kind of uncertain audience so understanding who their audience is and making sure their posts tailor to that audience would be the first thing and then once you've mastered the actual content that's going out and you're confident you're putting out content that's going to engage the ideal customers you're trying to target then looking at your activity levels on social media making sure you're not just posting you're also actively engaging with other people's content as well I think that's something that a lot of people miss. They feel like they can just post and it'll take care of itself, but they don't understand the engagement. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, the engagement side is something you can't really outsource either. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you would really not want to outsource somebody else engaging as you on social media and potentially 
you know, saying things you wouldn't want to say or liking things you wouldn't want to like. So that is something every entrepreneur has to do for themselves. And I think that's that's the barrier a lot of people hit because entrepreneurs don't have time and to do things like that. Yeah, right. So so what I guess my question is what can they do? You know, like what would you say is um maybe simpler things they could do that feel more manageable sure so outsourcing somebody to create the content of the post so a company like us we that's exactly what we do we will write the posts for the entrepreneur they give us feedback and input but we essentially write them and publish them for them so that is something that you can outsource and that's a massive chunk of that time commitment of social media off your to-do list the engagement side they need to do themselves we don't offer it and i wouldn't recommend people outsource it to anyone um but we offer for example to our customers we offer them guides to show them every day spend 15 minutes on engagement follow this step-by-step guide to get the best results and that takes them through on each of the different social media platforms what they should be doing in that 15 minutes a day that they're dedicating towards engagement got it now i, I so i i completely agree with you that that you know outsourcing the creation of the social media posts is a thing but what do you say to a business owner who is feels vulnerable about that like feels like they have to uh participate in that process you know see every post before it goes out you know that sort of feel a certain need to control that yeah i understand that um I think they need to look at the pros and cons of it because ultimately there are very few entrepreneurs who are going to consistently create and publish their own social media posts because there are very few entrepreneurs that have time to do that. So looking at the benefits about sourcing, one of the negatives would be yeah, you lose a little bit of control and you're not writing all the content yourself. But the benefit is you are getting that content out consistently. And that's really the fundamental foundation to having a good social media presence. I'd also encourage them to look at who they choose to work with when they're outsourcing. Make sure that the company they work with has like we have a feedback funnel. So we have a monthly review form process where we get the client to tell us what we're doing right. If they want us to change anything, we get them to feedback to us on the type of topics each month they want us to focus on. So if uh, you're an entrepreneur, looking to outsource, speak to the company you're looking to work with and ask them, you know, how do they gather your feedback? How do they regularly touch base with you and make sure that you are part of that process? Yeah, I think that that is huge. That is huge. And and I would imagine that um, like giving them, I, I know some companies that have given um, <clears throat> an, an agency like a, some prompts and ask them to come up with content so they could see the kinds of things that they would provide uh, before they actually totally turned over the the you know that whole responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as an option, and also just looking, making sure you, that when you're looking at an agency, you look at the case studies on their website, you look at the posts they've done for other people, and make sure you're comfortable with the quality that that agency is putting out before hiring them. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about generating leads. 
are what insights can you provide? Let, let's talk about B two B businesses yeah. that you know are looking to get more leads to grow their business. Okay, so for B two B businesses, um, lead generation on LinkedIn is the lowest cost kind of way to move forwards, in my opinion, or from my experience. We, as a company, use LinkedIn to generate about 70% of our new business inquiries, and we've done that since 2017 when we started. Um, we also offer a LinkedIn lead generation package. That's one of our three productized services where we do that for the company. So they come to us, we take their LinkedIn profile, and we turn it into a lead generation machine to generate new business inquiries for them. Um, LinkedIn is the best way for B2Bs to generate new business because it Ultimately, B2B decision makers, the people who are making the decision, the purchase decisions for your target customer or target companies you want to be working with, they are on LinkedIn and they're active on LinkedIn. So that's why as a B2B, you want to be using LinkedIn to generate leads rather than any other social media platform, which is a little bit diluted between B2B decision makers and B2C consumers. Okay, so... I, it sounds to me like the goal is to get those potential clients, prospects, whatever they are, mm -hmm. want to reach out to, you know, the, the company to learn more about their product or service. Is that... Right. I mean, because, you know, I see a lot of, I'll call it lead generating on LinkedIn that doesn't work. That, yeah, that's more, yeah. you know, sort of sales scripty. Yeah. There's a huge amount of people who abuse LinkedIn. Um, yeah. We use it in a kind of unprofessional way to just make new connections and target them with sales messaging, like you said. Yeah. Right. Um, where the, what we do for our customers and what we'd recommend anyone wanting to use LinkedIn for, it is to make a lot of connections because by making connections, that's always going to be the first step to getting in front of those new decision makers that you want to target. The key things you've got to keep in mind are the selection of the people you're targeting, so the people you're trying to connect with. Um, we see a huge amount of people or people on LinkedIn targeting so generally that half of the people they're connecting with would never work with them anyway if they've taken the time to look at their profile then secondly when you've made that connection it's sending out really relevant quality high quality messages it's not about selling to them immediately it's about establishing a real relationship and only getting to the point of selling to someone once you've done that so you don't go in heavy you don't connect and go in with sales message we know we all know from being the receivers of those kind of messages that that doesn't work you kind of warm up the process by connecting making that new connection speaking to them and then you drop your kind of sales message at the point that it seems more natural a little bit further down the line and we find using that strategy does get fantastic results uh, in terms of return investment and lead conversion rate and is this um automated is this something that you know, just you set it and and it works, or is this something that is a hands-on sort of thing? 
So the way we run it, there's a lot of different ways to run it, but the way we run it, we've built a system in-house uh, that automatically runs the lead generation outreach for our clients. Each of our clients has a LinkedIn manager, so that's a member of our team, who's a dedicated manager of that campaign. So the campaign is built by hand, so the leads are selected, the messaging sequence is written, but and then the LinkedIn manager manages, uh, sets it all up in our software and manages it and monitors it every day as it runs. So it's kind of a combination of the manual and the... Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. Well, let's talk about social media in general. So mm -hmm. are there, you know, is there other advice that you can provide for growing a business using social media? like that we haven't talked about? I think it depends on the type of business um, that you're running. So if you're running a B2B business, the advice would be very different to if you're running a B2B business. I'll focus on talking about B2B because that's our client base is B2B and we're a B2B okay. business. Um, so being present on multiple platforms. So although LinkedIn is without a doubt the strongest B2B marketing platform, when people look at your company and when they're right down the line, almost at the point of making the yes, I want to work with these guys decision, they're going to check your, out your entire social media and online presence. If you're not on Facebook, if you're not on Twitter, getting to a point where if you're not on Instagram as well as a B2B, then they're going to notice that and wonder. So it's about making sure that you do have presence on the other platforms so that when people are at that decision-making point, they can come across your profile on the other platforms. And that will kind of verify and give them a little bit more trust in you as a business that you've got these three this kind of three-dimensional presence. Um, other social media advice uh, would be ensuring that you're on Google My Business. Again, um, search and SEO is a, is a big thing. When somebody is literally Googling your business, you need to make sure that you're coming up in the results. A good way to do that is to have your Google My Business profile set up because you'll definitely then come up in the results. Um, getting reviews on your Google My Business profile, it's a kind of slightly off the side of social media, um, but linked to Google My Business um, is again going to be a massive thing for B2Bs. Uh, when people are making a decision whether to work with you is if you've got those customer reviews online that people can look at and obviously if they're high quality five-star reviews. That's so great and I'm so glad you brought up Google My Business because um, I feel like it's this weird forgotten um, tool that is, is you would think would be common sense because of Google. <laughs> Being mm -hmm. the search engine, you know, but um, I think a lot of B2B companies don't necessarily think about Google My Business because it feels like it's more for local B2C sort of focus. It, yeah, 100%. It is in a sense um, because it, it grabs your location and it will show you more prominently if you people are looking for you. Who are close to your location as your headquarters or office 
but that's not to say it doesn't have any value for b2b companies if you google 100 pound social you'll see that our google my business profile comes up in the results and you'll see that our google my business uh, our google reviews excuse me therefore come up in the results as well um the other thing with uh, having a Google My Business profile is if you're trying to build up your website's SEO, um, that's something that Google look at. So you're going to you're not benefiting your website's SEO and searchability if you haven't got a presence on Google My Business. Um, so to repeat, it's oh. not effective for B2Bs as it is for B2Cs, but it's definitely not something you should ignore as a B2B. That's really interesting. Thanks for that. That that it makes a lot of sense when you say it. Uh, <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about brand. So can you talk some about how a CEO's personal brand impacts the success of their business? Yeah, of course. So I think for most CEOs or founders, when they're starting out, they are their personal brand is their business that was the case for me at the beginning and um, we got our first kind of 50 clients i'd say just through my personal marketing through my personal linkedin and personal facebook profiles and mm. um, when your business gets further down the line so when you're a few years in like we are i think the ceo's personal brand possibly becomes less important and you need it to become less important at that point uh, because you can't you know, you, you can't have it in a situation where every single prospect wants to talk to the CEO. That's not sustainable. Yeah. But in the beginning, when you're starting, personal branding is vital. Um, I think it can impact. You need to ensure that you are present on Facebook and you're present. That's your Facebook personal profile, by the way, not your, necessarily your business page for personal branding. You're active in Facebook groups. Um, you've got your Facebook profile optimized. So you've got when somebody hits your Facebook profile they can immediately go straight to your website and straight to your social media pages something quite a lot of people are hesitant about because mostly when you have your Facebook profile you you've got friends with your real genuine life friends and you don't necessarily want to dilute that by making Facebook friends with people who are not you know you don't actually mm. know um but I would say it's it, it does ruin your Facebook in a sense for you personally, but it's absolutely worth it for your branding and your business. Uh, then on the LinkedIn side, again, having that really strong LinkedIn presence. So of our, of our customers, a huge number of our customers have us creating posts for their personal LinkedIn profile, either as well as or as their company LinkedIn page or just for their personal profile. And that's because most of our customers are in those early stages of their business where they've kind of got one or two people working in their business and the CEO's personal brand through LinkedIn is, is the marketing tool, essentially. Yeah, that makes a, a ton of sense. Okay. Which actually, um, as we talk about LinkedIn, this thought keeps coming through my mind and that's about being a thought leader because you know LinkedIn can be a great place for that. What would you say is like the best way to start out to position yourself as a thought leader? I think when most people start trying to set themselves up as a thought leader, 
they're not sure what their thoughts are, which sounds a bit, a bit basic. Um, so I think the first challenge, especially when you're a busy entrepreneur and you've got a hundred things going through your mind, the first challenge is to work out what you want to say. That's often quite useful at the beginning because you bet you don't have a big audience who are going to be reading what you say. So you can experiment a bit and try and figure figure out where you want to go uh, with your messaging and take it from there. Um, building up thought leadership further down the line, your message then needs to be a bit more consistent. So once you've finalised what your tone of voice is going to be, you've finalised who that audience is you're speaking to, you need to ensure that every message you're putting out as a thought leader is relevant to that sector or niche of thought leadership that you're trying to build yourself up in. You don't want to be deviating by, you know, talking about posting pictures of your dog's walk last Saturday if you're you're trying to build yourself up, self up as a kind of finance, digital finance thought leader, for example, because that's not going to be engaging to the audience you're trying to reach. So it's about sticking to that niche. Ah, that's good. That's good. Now, and, and I have noticed that I'll say over the past year, uh, some people on LinkedIn are posting as if it's Facebook. Mm -hmm. So can you speak to whether that's a good idea or not? I think it depends on what your audience is. So okay. if, you, if you are literally running, like I just used the example of um, your dog walk on a Saturday, if you're literally running a company that's selling dog pet toys for example or products then obviously posting you know like it's your personal Facebook posting about your dog walks posting about you know your time at home with your family including your dog is going to go down really well with your target audience but if you're a finance entrepreneur it's, it's going to go the opposite direction so I think you need to be selective you only want to be using LinkedIn like that if it's going to benefit your business and your brand if it's not going to benefit your business and brand then you shouldn't be using it like it's a personal Facebook page yeah that's great thank you that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> okay now I, I have one last question for you um, before I ask you to let the audience know how they can find you and it is this what would you say was the best piece of advice you were given when you wanted to start growing a hundred pound social? Um, I think, I think the advice I was given was to always remember that everyone else doesn't know more than you, which is a bit contradictory because you want, you obviously want to be taking advice and you want to be receptive to good advice. But in the, the way we live at the moment and with the amount of social media there is is very easy to go on to a Facebook group and ask a question about growing your business and you get 50 pieces of advice from 50 strangers you've never met and it's very easy when you're starting to try and grow your business to assume that every one of those 50 pieces of advice comes from somebody who has more knowledge about growing business than you do um, and I think keep remembering that actually you're the expert at your business and making sure that when you take advice, you take it selectively and you take it from sources that you can trust and rely on. Um, I think that's really, really important because it's so easy to just assume everyone else knows more than you and take advice wherever it comes. And it's not necessarily going to be the best advice that you're taking all the time. 
and everyone has input, right? Like, like everyone thinks they know how you should be running your business. And yeah, yeah. 100%. And everyone's advice comes from their own experience and their advice may be completely spot on for the situation they're thinking of when they give it to you. Um, and it may be spot on for your situation, but it may not. So it's just always yeah. trying to keep in mind, actually, you're the expert at your business and assessing advice from people giving it to you and deciding if it's the best advice to take or if you should perhaps, you know, seek further advice or make your own decision in this instance. Yeah, I think that's great. That That is really good. Uh, Victoria, I really appreciate this. I think these are really um, valuable insights that entrepreneurs uh, need to be paying attention to, need to be thinking about. So I am grateful that you had the opportunity to spend this time with me. Um, will you tell the listeners, you know, how they can find you, uh, whatever you think they should know? Yeah, of course. So if you want to find us, um, you can find us at 100poundsocial.com. That's 100poundsocial.com. Um, if you do want to chat to us about uh, having us work on your company's social media so creating your social media content helping you with that lead generation as a b2b or writing blog posts for your company then you can go onto our website 100poundsocial.com you can book a call with us to chat to us and find out a little bit more about what we offer and as i think i said at the beginning our prices start at 100 pounds per month that's it's really great good good for you for figuring out that whole uh process of, of productizing. It sounds like that works very, very well and is something that people should be giving more thought to. So thank you so much for being here with me. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.